Hello and welcome to the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and The Myths. My name is Ivana Matthews and along with my co-host Melinda Crowder Dunbar, we are going to debunk myths related to being a woman and a mother. Join us for another raw and uncut conversation. As a small business owner and entrepreneur, Think3 Media understands how incredibly frustrating it is to be the one who wears all the hats. Just to maintain operations and keep things afloat is a task in and of itself. When it comes to your marketing and PR, Think3 Media is here to do the heavy lifting for you. And as a small business themselves, they understand the strategies and tactics needed to make your business shine and thrive. Think3 Media clients have been featured in Forbes, Fox News, CNBC, NBC, Women's health and many more and at a fraction of the big firm price they've seen sell increases higher audience engagement and more traction with their proven strategies for success for this year and beyond let the experts at think3 media take care of you and get you the shine and exposure you deserve every business no matter how small deserves to be seen and to be heard let think3 media do the heavy lifting for you and level the playing field contact think3 media for your free consultation today at think3media.com or at 469-428-7498. Well, welcome to the last podcast episode of CEO Mom for 2020. We have come to an end. And so Melinda and I are going to just give you our open, honest, transparent take on 2020. Melinda, are you ready? Girl, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Yes, let's do it. I love it. So we have no strategies for you today. <laughs> we might give you a We might give you a right. We right. might. But for the most part, this is just us breaking down our perception and just our experiences for 2020 because it's been crazy for everybody, unfortunately for some more so than others. And we are going to talk about how we've gotten through some ways that we've been personally impacted, the way our businesses have been impacted and just how we've been able to push through and what our hopes are for 2021. 2020 did not go as planned. And so we are, like many of you, having to regroup. And so we're just going to have that real, raw conversation and break down 2020. Jumping right in, Melinda, if you could describe 2020 in five words, what are those five words and what do they mean to you personally? Ooh, um, really, I would say... It's probably going to be a little bit more than five words, if that's okay. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, you realize that rock bottom has a basement. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I mean, it's like everything was stripped away. Everything that I thought mattered all of a sudden didn't matter. And I don't even think I even have any words to describe it. It's just, um, but, um, so I don't know. I think that's a really good question. If I had to describe 2020 in five words, so my first word would be chaotic because that is pretty much what happened. It was something new, felt like every day. The second word that I would use is less. And I say less because what I personally learned is that, and I'm already to a certain degree a minimalist, but what I learned is that we don't need as much as we thought we needed to be okay. And I think this this year has really taught a lot of us that I would use family because we were tested on two on two different levels. We were tested with the family who lives with us all the time when we were in quarantine and having to get along and just be tired of looking at each other, but at the same time be getting to know each other on deeper levels in certain areas because you're together more. And then on the other level is being disconnected physically from family because we couldn't be back and forth as often or at all in each other's households. And so mm. you realized how much you love 
and miss your family and your friends and your friends. I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't seen my best friend in a while because there are certain, you know, risks there and you're trying to be diligent and you just miss that. And you realize how much you've taken that for granted. My fourth word would be faith. I, I think that was tested on different levels. So many moments when you felt like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know what is going to happen next. So just really leaning on that. And the last word I would say is innovation and innovation reinvention, because what you thought you needed, what you thought would work before you had to, in a lot of ways, shift and Mm -hmm. figure out something new whether it was within you or within your business. Those are the five words I would use to describe 2020. I love that. I love everything about that. And I think for me, like you said, like the unpredictability, that would be my first word. And just like you said, it was chaotic. You didn't know what to expect from day to day. You turn on the news and it was something else. You're faced with a a, a different or a new challenge. I think the second word would be unexplainable. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of things that we just couldn't explain. You know, it just it didn't make sense. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle because they were trying to use logic and reason to explain something that was completely outside of our control. And, you know, a lot of us struggled with that. The third word for me that I really, really, really that I've been holding so near and dear to my heart is quiet. Mm-hmm. And I think the social isolation threw us into this this place of quiet and stillness that a lot of people were uncomfortable with. They didn't know what to do with and how to act in. But for me, I, you know, it was, it's been a place that I've, I've learned to enjoy. The fourth one would be motivation. I kind of like how you said with the business and the innovation and things like that, but it's the motivation to what are you going to do now? And having that motivation to whether it's look internally and do work, or if it's for, for your business, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta be on it. I gotta stay on top of it. I gotta keep going because, you know, the bills aren't stopping, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the kids still need help for my business. The clients are still calling. So just having that motivation to, to keep going in the midst of all that that's going on around us. And then the fifth word for me is love. And I think I've seen so many demonstrations of that in our country. And we're going to talk, I think we're going to talk, some of that may come up, but as crazy as things have been, you know, people still, there's still goodness in humanity and we still find ways to love each other and encourage each other, um, even in the midst of um, these trying times. So those would be my five words. I love those. Can you say those again? Yes, ma'am. Unpredictable, unexplainable motivation, quiet, and love. I love those. I love those. And the one that I, that stands out to me the most is the quiet because getting to that space where you can just sit down and relax. And you know, that's hard for moms. That is really, really hard. And when you're doing so many different things, which so many of us do just to have those moments of peace, but allow yourself to listen. Mm. So I, I I love that one. And I also like the way you talked about the goodness in humanity. One of the things that really shocked me about 2020 is how much we worked together. Of Mm. course, you have some people who still have that individual mentality. and, And I think it does have a negative impact on us all. But just for example, with the protest and on a global scale, but watching so many communities come out and come together. And we've, so many people have talked about how they haven't seen that many people of different races and different backgrounds and different experiences come together for one cause. And that to me was an indication of the goodness in humanity that we don't often talk about because we see the world a lot of times as a negative place and we see people in a negative light because we feel like that's what we see the most of. How shocking or impactful was that for you? I didn't expect there to be such an outpouring Mm -hmm. of that community coming together, community members gathering together, you know, to donate food to hospital 
workers and first responders and people volunteering to take food and groceries and things to elderly. And like you said, coming together in protest um, from a global, a national perspective. It was amazing. It was amazing to see. It was so powerful. And, and on to that point, I really, I don't want it to stop. I don't want it to be just um, a feeding thing. You know, something comes in the news on Monday, give it a couple weeks and it just kind of dies down. I don't want the momentum to stop. What about you? I agree. I agree. And and that is my hope and prayer is that along with you is that it doesn't stop and it may look different. The way we respond is going to shift, but I'm just hoping that we stay diligent and, and with all causes that impact humanity and that impact people that we become more aware of what other people are going through and we're listening to other people's stories and we're we're paying attention and we don't feel so isolated and feel like well that doesn't have anything to do with me so I don't have Mm. to make a difference or I don't have to get involved in that that we can be allies and and we can really impact things that are not directly affecting us. And so that's, that's my prayer as well. But it was a very beautiful thing to see when it was at its peak, if you will. Yeah, it was a very beautiful um, thing to see, but it really truthfully was the beginning. And so my prayer is that it does continue. So that was one of the main things that happened (laughs) this year. And I (laughs) And I think we don't have time to really, we don't have time to break down everything that happened in 2020. We just cannot. <laughs> there is there is no way. Um, we will be on this podcast for about two, three hours. I mean, just talking about thing after thing after thing. Yes. Well, the, the Lord, I don't even know if I want to talk about Corona. I'm ready for her to do and, and go and <sighs> whatever that she's going to. Oh my goodness. I, for me, I I think that what I want to talk about is just the impact on me, on just on me personally. I didn't, for some reason, when everything first started happening and we were, you know, told to quarantine and social distance, for some reason, I just felt like it was something that would never directly impact me. I just felt like, oh, you know, we have to get this under control, but that's happening to other people. And I was shocked how many people I know personally who have who have recovered, thank God, from COVID and who discovered mm. COVID. And what has been so scary is that I know people across the board as far as their responses. Um, I don't personally know anyone who has passed and I thank God for that, but I know almost every person in my life know someone who has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. And I know people who have just, you know, been like, well, you know, I just had a fever for a few days to people in the hospital and ventilators to people in the hospital, but they didn't have to be on a ventilator, but they were in excruciating pain and couldn't breathe. And that for me, I did not realize until a couple of weeks ago how that had impacted my mental state, because Mm. I feel like part of what I do now is is try to avoid getting COVID and my family getting it and how much stress that is because there are certain yes. things that you do have to do. You know, I can't stay in the house 24 seven. It's not realistic. Right. And so every time I leave the house, you know, I, I put my mask on and, and I'm diligent about hand washing and I have my, my sanitizer, but there are people who have been just as diligent, if not more, and unfortunately have still contracted the virus. And I had to really be honest with myself about the impact that it was having on me mentally. And I, I kid you not, a couple of weeks ago, I just, I cried because mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm tired. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm tired of the lack of knowing, the uncertainty. And so I can't imagine people who have actually gone through it and people who have lost loved ones. I just, yeah. you know, people have lost loved ones. It's just, I can't imagine what they're going through. I mean, has it had any impact on you mentally? Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, everybody's trying to survive. And we don't realize, I didn't realize how much work and effort that I was putting into, like you said, trying to make sure that we are safe and creating a whole system around that. 
not, you know, compromising our own safety. When we go out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just extra cautious, which is, is good to be just to have to think about it. Like mm -hmm. I have to sit before we go somewhere. I have to think about the scene in my head. If too many people are out or whatever in grocery store, okay, we're probably not going to go in, you know, stuff like that. Like I'm finding myself doing things like that. And I'm like, golly, this is a lot. And I don't want to be a recluse. I don't want to not go out and get some fresh air. I don't want to just sit back and order my groceries, go pick them up. And get, you know, so I do, I want to still have that just the ability to just get up and go out without just living in this constant state of fear. It's like the fear and working through the fear. It has definitely had an impact on me, on my, my mental health and at times my emotional health. So, but another thing that I did notice that one of the greatest impacts, Vana, and, and it's like, it's, it, this whole pandemic has really kicked this, my emotional healing, like into full gear. So even though I've been doing all these things to be safe from the COVID on the outside, it opened the door to some, some additional emotional healing on the inside that was still there, you know, kind of lying dormant. So that was, that's one of the, one of the impacts that I've really seen and that I've been experiencing throughout all of this is that internal work and then that external safety that, you know, I'm trying to create and just be mindful of every time I open my door. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. I like mm -hmm. the way you're saying that it has opened the door for your internal healing. Can you, do you mind telling us what that looks like? Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Being in the quiet, not being able to socialize and go out with family and friends and do things like we used to do uh, or that I used to do having to sit with um, the pain of uncomfortable or difficult emotions that I didn't know was still, you know, sitting at the root of my tree, if you will. And so what I've learned about being in quiet, that gives an opportunity for those things to come up. And you, and I write about them. I'll write like, what are you feeling right now? And where did, what am I, what is my belief about that right now? So it, it's just a lot of introspective work that I've been doing. That's kind of open to door, the door to this, becoming more self-aware. It's, yes. it's taught me to be more mindful, to be more present, to be more mindful of myself. And, and like, even in the work that I'm in, the line of work that I do, the more mindful I become, the more I can see just how unaware the people who I serve, just how unaware they are. And so part of the work, just how this quiet and doing this emotional work, it's allowed me to provide a caring and honest, you know, feedback and opportunity to help my clients reflect on their thoughts and their feelings and their behaviors, because that's what it is. It's just, it's a reflection, you know, so that I can, the more aware I'm, I become, the more I can help people and help facilitate that growth and that change and that transformation in others. So that's that's another you know one of the greatest impacts that I've experienced so far. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that is something we all need to hear. And although 2020 has been chaotic and there's a lot of uncertainty and isolation, et cetera, it really has been an opportunity to reflect. And in some ways, that's a gift. I think that has been a gift for so many of us to just sit back and, like you said, be quiet, be still, get to a place of peace, breathe, and just really reflect on who you are and give yourself the space that you need to heal and to become more self-aware. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that is such an important message for all of us because it hasn't all been bad, if you will. Right. Um, and I, right. the other day I was participating in this virtual gala and I was just standing there. It was a beautiful, beautiful event. And I was there and I had my face mask on and I was doing something that I'd never done before. And I just started to really reflect on all the newness of 2020, because if I, if, if I had six words, I would add newness because mm. I, Yes, because I think for a lot of us, because of that innovation and reinvention, that we've challenged ourselves to do something outside of our comfort zone. And in some ways, it's because we didn't have a choice. 
But there's something very beautiful about that because we've discovered things about ourselves that we didn't know. We've seen ourselves be more capable and competent in things that we didn't think were possible. And so I love that. And that was a beautiful moment for me when I realized that, like, I've done a lot of new stuff this year. Yeah, I love how you were saying how we were able to see how capable we are. And I would add adaptable. We adapted. We have adapted to this newness. I love that because it is new and it's something that we've never had to think about or, you know, something that we've never experienced before. But being flexible and saying, okay, whatever is thrown my way today, how do I how do I navigate? How do I maneuver? And we found it's opened up the door to be creative with our businesses and, and how we parent and how we help our children pull babies. Did we, did we, we didn't talk about the school shutdowns, did we? <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just, I need, I'm about to cry, but um, the school shutdown, Vanna, just having to be creative with that, with teaching our, helping our girls with, or our children with virtual learning. I mean, so it's just that adaptability in the face of change. And, and I, I just think that's another powerful component that we've been able to really exercise during these times. Yes. And speaking of the children, and I want to talk about what we've seen in our kids. I, I definitely want to talk about that. But just as you were speaking, it made me think about 2020 has almost been like a mirror. And it's forced us to look at ourselves individually, as communities, as family members, as citizens of this country, of this, you know, when we say country, we mean the United States, but of this world, because we have listeners from all over. But it's really made us just look at what's working, what's not working. And I would go so far as to say what we need and what we don't need. And I'm hoping that we've realized we don't need as much as we thought we need or the things that matter the most are the things that we need to really focus on more. Mm-hmm. I like that. It, it's I really big. like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's been yep. a big mirror. But let's talk about the babies. <laughs> let's talk about... <laughs> The babies and how they have had to adapt. Um, I did an interview with the teacher at the beginning of um, season three of the CEO Mom podcast, and she talked about there were actually two women that I talked to about virtual learning because this was the very beginning. It was new for all of us, and mm-hmm. I homeschooled. And virtual learning is still very different. It's it's mm-hmm. different, and. Mm-hmm. What she said that really stood out to me was how flexible and adaptable our kids are and the opportunity that they're getting to learn a certain level of flexibility and adaptability that most of us did not have to learn as mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's such a good point. Yeah, because, you know, we had our routine. We had our structure, right? You get on the bus, you go to school, you do whatever, you know, after school activities and you come back home. But now these kids are having to literally sit in front of a screen, use technology. I mean, you should see the way my daughter can navigate this iPad. I mean, I have never seen anything. She know functions on there that I didn't even know existed. And I'm like, babe, we can print those. No, I don't have to print it. I can just, I mean, she's moving, working this thing. I'm like, girl. So, you know, on the one, I'm excited about that flexibility and that adaptability um, that she's been able to adopt and really, you know, execute and apply on the social interaction side, that piece of it. She, you know, she struggles there. And and I my heart just really goes out to her because I know how much kids need that for their development. Social interact. We're all social creatures. You know, we all need it. But kids, they really need adults. We can we can, we can go a few weeks, even a month, you know, or two without really being around people and we'll be OK. But there's something about that with, with with kiddos, with our children. And so I've seen her struggle with that, you know, the lack of that, that social interaction and that human contact. And so I've been having to be creative with that, finding a mom or two 
but definitely one, you know, who I know works from home and, you know, we've kind of vetted, vetted them and they vetted us and it's like, okay, you're safe. So you're, we got, we got an agreement. So she doesn't lose her mind in all honesty. Cause she said, mama, I need to be around some kids. That's what she told me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that is so that is so true and and it is to a certain degree like you said i i completely agree with that is that on one level you are watching them be flexible you're watching them learn technology and you know my five-year-old my kindergartner now knows how to get into my email and the other day she was like i just need your password and i said <laughs> Let me walk you through. She was like, oh, no, it's you go here. You put this in. This automatically comes up and then you do that. I just need your password. That's all. I can <laughs> so you love that. And it, it, I mean, well, I don't know about her getting into my past my email, but you do love that they're learning so much. But at the same time, like you, it is heartbreaking to a certain degree to watch. And for my five year old, she started kindergarten this year. And that was hard for me to watch her start kindergarten online because mm. it's supposed to be fun and playing and, you know, touching things and, and she's on a computer. And I also think that the schools, they are doing the absolute best that they can do. I commend the teachers, but some of it, I wish with the kindergarten class that they would be more about coloring and art and fun and learning while you play. And my five-year-old is learning addition and subtraction. And I think that's all great, but I'm like, she's five. Can we just, mm. can we just color? Can we just paint? Can yeah. we box? I mean, give her that opportunity. So mm -hmm. it's it's been a challenge and it's it's been hard. And you know, I just pray that once it it's all said and done that they will be okay. But I've tried to, you know, like you be creative. I've stuck to the on line and the Zoom for the most part, but I've tried to get them involved in activities and interact with other kids. And then, you know, my eight-year-old, she schedules her own Zoom calls after class. And she's like, I got a Zoom call tomorrow at five. And, you know, so I, I, <laughs> I love it. Girl, I, love it. So I said, okay. And she's like, so-and-so, so-and-so. And then they play certain games together um, virtually. And so I try to encourage that and you know just just hope and pray that once they do get around kids if necessary we'll still social distance but yeah that has sure. been that has been a challenge so we've talked about kind of just this overview of what has happened in 2020 like we said we just cannot cover it all because it has been so much and we touched a little bit on how it has impacted us individually. But what are some things, Melinda, that you've learned about yourself from everything that has happened this year? I think the first thing, and I think I shared this, it kind of goes back to what I shared earlier. So I don't mean to repeat myself, but this is the this is the primary thing that I learned. Because Ronna, you know me, you know that I'm I guess you would consider would have considered me a social butterfly. I love yes. to engage and connect and meet everybody in the room. Nobody is a stranger. That's just that's just who I am. That's how I'm I'm built. However, I have really enjoyed solitude. I didn't think mm -hmm. I would have because when I remember when the pandemic first happened and they sh the world shut down, I literally sat on my sofa and I was like, what am I going to do? I don't sit long. I'm a human do. I was a human doing instead of a human being. Okay. Mm. So I did, and I did, and I moved and I, I was constantly distracted by things and the pressures of the outside world and, and just constantly going and my calendar was filled with something. So when everything stopped, I had a minute, a minute of panic and I was like, okay, I can't go see my sister. Okay. I can't do this. It was just, it was a lot. So slowly over time, I began to really sit with, like I've used earlier, the quiet and then solitude. And I, and I read more and I, ref I find that I, I, I reflect and I, I listen. And this, it's a lot of introspection, you know, that I do. And I, I really enjoy that. I'm not afraid of what it means to learn about myself in the process. And I'm learning to embrace it, you know, so I can get clear about who God is because I've, I've learned so much about him in this process, who I am and what I value. So 
that is, that's the first thing. And then the second thing that I've learned as a helper, it's easy for me to get caught up and distracted with providing help to other people that, you know, to the point where I neglect my own needs. So I have learned and I've truly been learning to not, instead of like hinting around at my needs or leaving it to other people to try to figure out, I tell what I need directly. And then if I if I fall back into some typical behavior, I catch myself, I congratulate myself for spotting it, and then I dial it back. So those are the two things that I've learned about myself, just that whole quiet stillness. There's a scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. The reason we don't know is because we don't be still. Yes. <laughs> so I have just been, I've been still. I, and I, Vana. I and I think you you do you probably did this more than I did because you you're good with quiet, aren't you? Yes, I'm an introvert. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I am an introvert. I don't know if you saw those memes when when everything first started to ha happen, where it, those introvert memes, and they were talking about how we it's business as usual for us. Right. Like, oh, right. We didn't even know. Oh, we were shut down. <laughs> It's like we've been shut down. Like, okay. <laughs> yes. So, but that those are the two things that I've um, two of the things that I know I've learned about myself. What about you? I love that. And before I go into mine, uh, something you said I absolutely love. And you said I was in the business of doing instead of being. I love mm. that. Mm -hmm. I, I love that because I think even me being an introvert, I still have to settle down, if you will, because being an introvert is more so I'm comfortable by myself. I'm comfortable with solitude, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm still always go, 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 go. Hmm. And I've had to learn to be still and listen. That's my thing is listen and pay attention because you can be moving all of the time, even in solitude mm -hmm. and still Listen. Not aware of what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and so that's a lesson that I've had to learn. But in my introvertness, what I did learn about myself from everything is that I do need people. And mm -hmm. I, I like being alone, but I do not want to be on an island by myself for years. Like, <laughs> Yes, I need the connection. I miss people. I long for those relationships and I and the touch. Like mm. I, Melinda, I miss being able to comfortably hug somebody. Through everything, I've still, you know, through different situations, you know, you give a little, a little loose hug. I miss just being able to comfortably hug somebody. Even when I see my mom, I have to, you know, see my mom and help her with certain things. And I can't just hug my mother, just really just grab her because I, I want to protect her. And that's hard. I miss hugs. And I learned that even in my introvertness, I still need people and that touch and that connection. So I learned that about myself. And like you, like I was saying, I have had to learn to be still and listen, mm -hmm. to be still and listen and to be able to see what God is doing and how he's moving. Because sometimes in the chaos, it looks so crazy that you can't see the gift in it all. You can't mm -hmm. see the blessing. And so to be able to see how he's moving and seeing the things that he's doing even when it looks crazy, has really helped me to process a lot of this and get through a lot of it. That's and amazing. then the other thing I learned is that I really, really actually like my family. I actually like these people. <laughs> that, now that's good, okay? Because as a therapist, I have been working with couples who are like, you know what? We really don't like each other, you know? <laughs> Y'all are cool to be around on a regular basis. I mean, of course, we're looking at each other like if you could just, I don't know, if you could go somewhere <laughs> just a little bit. Right. But I actually I like I like these people and I've liked getting to know my daughters because sometimes as moms, you know, we you and I both have pretty young kids. And sometimes we forget that these are actual individual people, that they're not clones of us, that mm. 
they're not extensions of us. They have their own personalities and mm-hmm. even as elementary school kids, their own ideas about things. And so really just paying attention and talking to my girls and just hearing how they feel. I've learned to ask them a lot. Like, how are you doing with virtual learning? How do you feel about everything? What's going on, you know, in your head? And for the fall 2020 issue, we interviewed a child psychiatrist and she talked about the need to really pay attention to your children's mental health and really, really talk to them and try to catch things on the front end you know, instead of after something huge happens. And so I've learned to really, and not to say that I wasn't doing it before, but obviously it's a different level now and it's made me more aware of of just their minds and how they think and how they process things. So those are the two, two of the many things that I've, that I have learned about myself and how it all has impacted me. Yeah. And Lana, you know what, real quick, to your point about that, which is so powerful about talking to the kids, you know, just a practical tip. I know we weren't weren't going to give tips, but just one tip. But seriously, like you said, just asking kids, just talking to them, like, you know, how was your day or what did you like? I love how you said, how are you doing with virtual learning? How do you feel about that? And if they don't know how to use words to help them with that, you can pull up a um, feelings wheel or feelings chart off Google. just teaches them how to identify their feelings and they can get in tune with that so that they don't go through life being unaware of how they feel and just functioning in that autopilot. But it's it's teaching them to learn how to, like you said, identify what you're feeling and then, you know, put some language around it and then let's talk about it. And that's showing them that, that they matter, that we value how they feel. We value how they think. And just that self-assertion so they can learn how to speak up and say what they need. I mean, all of that is modeling behavior and it's something that's ongoing as parents. But I really like how you you highlighted the need to sit down with them and talk to them. Around the dinner table is a great way to do it instead of just watching television and being, which is another distraction, but just around the table. You And then I also teach my daughter, once I ask about her, she has to then ask about me because I don't want her to be so selfish and just think it's about her. So, and don't just say, okay, so how was your day? And then once I say it, move on. I need you to ask another question or two <laughs> because I want to teach her how to be aware of the people around her and their feelings and what they're going through and and their experiences. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for bringing up sitting around the dinner table because I've learned that's a powerful thing. Like that's a powerful time. And I think we get so busy that sometimes it's easy for everybody just to kind of eat, you know, separately or, you know, we we're just mm-hmm. somebody's here and somebody's there. And so I've learned sitting around that dinner table and having those dinner time conversations is huge. It's huge. Yes. And so I yeah. think this year has forced us to do that. But I'm hoping that's one of the things that a lot of us continue. And I know a lot of people who do, but I know a lot of a lot of busyness causes us to be separated yes. during dinner time. Yeah, for sure. I love that. It's hard to believe, but 2020 has come to an end. Although 2020 did not go as planned for most of us, I believe that 2021 is an opportunity for new ideas, new perspectives, and new hopes. I will personally not be making any New Year's resolutions. We all see how that worked out. But I do have a few things I'm leaving in 2020. Mom guilt is one of them. This year, CEO Mom Magazine partnered with Dana Reed, author of Guilt Free Mommy, to equip and empower moms to stop feeling guilty about not being perfect moms and embrace the amazing women and mothers we are. Join me in making mom guilt a thing of the past. Get your copy of Guilt Free Mommy at guiltfreemommy.com. Get 10% off your purchase with the code CEO Mom. We're going to end this with our hopes for 2021, but I do want to share some tips because you did a great article for the holiday 2020 issue and just giving people very practical tips on how to navigate through, especially their mental state from everything that has happened in 2020. So can you share just a couple of those tips that you shared in the holiday issue? And then y'all need to check the issue out so you can read all of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the one that I've really found to be helpful is um, the the two to three minute emotional check-ins. I think sometimes we go through the day in, in that autopilot mindset and we're not even aware of how we feel. So if we can just like maybe set a timer on our phone and just pay attention to how we're feeling in those moments, maybe labeling that emotion, that'll that'll just give us like, a, you know, a window into you know, what's happening with us and what do we need, you know, so we can ask, you know, ask and answer those questions. I think um, another tip that's practical is the diaphragmatic breathing. Breathing from the belly does wonders for the body and the mind. And it helps us again to bring us to this balance, to this place of balance and rest and relaxation and calm so that we can move into maybe step number four, where we jot down our thoughts and we're able to identify thoughts that are helpful or harmful. And if something is harmful, we don't allow it to go unchecked. We get to pivot. Like, what do I need to do? If this is not helping me in any way, how do I pivot from that? How can I change that negative thinking to something that's positive or combat the negative thought with something that's positive? This is constant work. Like this is, and I don't think we realize that, Vana, sometimes we we think, okay, I've done it. I have clients say, okay, I did the breathing, the emotional check-in, and I jotted down my thoughts. Okay. How many times? Oh, just a couple times. Okay. So you're not going to get results just doing it once or twice. Okay. This has to be an intentional, um, consistent process. And it's through doing it that it becomes a routine that you don't have to like now, because I practice it so much, I don't have to stop and write things down. I don't have to check a timer. I can feel when there's been some type of shift in my body, because I'm learning my body in this quiet and this stillness. I've learned my body. I've learned when my body is telling me, hey, somebody just violated a boundary. Hey, somebody just just said something you didn't like. Or, hey, Melinda, what you just said was uh, disrespectful or it wasn't called for. I've le- I'm learning to listen. And so then I can if I'm if I'm activated in any way, I can breathe. I can pause, slow down and breathe. And I can count. There's a technique where you can inhale for three seconds, hold it for two, and you want to elongate the exhale. So you want to breathe out longer through your so inhale through your nose, hold it, exhale through your mouth. So this is a marathon. It is not a sprint. It is a process. And I think if we can really learn to get in tune with what we're thinking, um, how we're feeling, um, it's going to really help us get out of that, uh, you know, that automatic programming and be more intentional and more aware about our behavior and the decisions that we make and how those things affect the people around us. So Mm -hmm. those are just some of the the main three things that I would just highlight from the um, from the article. That is great. That is great. Thank you so much for sharing those. And like I said, guys, if you want to get all of the tips, check out the holiday 2020 issue, which is available now. And I would also like to add something just to celebrate. Very simple. We're still here. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's good. We're still here. And I let's celebrate that because unfortunately, there are so many where the impact has unfortunately been fatal or it has really had taken a huge hit to their families and to their homes. And we want to be aware of that and we want to be sensitive to that. And we just want to just be grateful in this moment that we are still here. And if you are listening to this podcast right now, you are still here. And so let's celebrate. Let's celebrate that. So let's end it all with some even more positivity. I think we've been positive. We've had a good mix. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We we didn't go as bad and as hard as I thought we were that that we could (laughs) have. But yeah. Oh my goodness. So Melinda, what are some of your hopes for 2021? Okay. So there, I have about three or four things. So I, I think the first one, I really want, I'm hopeful that our medical community will continue to learn more about the virus in every ways to, you know, stop the spread and, and more outbreaks of the disease. So that would be the first thing. I'm hopeful about that. I'm hopeful for, you know, for the benefit of our country, Vana, that we we can start to really work together and create kindness and understanding and healing through the, you know, the skill of listening. I heard you say that earlier. 
just learning as a country to listen to each other so we can understand each other across all racial lines, you know, and, and learning to hear, the, you know, what lies beneath so many of like the emotions um, that's so tender right now so that we can, you know, hopefully reduce a lot of this tension and, and violence that we've come, we've all come to know too well. So that's from, I guess, from the benefit of the country. Two more, from a mental health perspective, just like COVID-19 kicked off my mental and emotional healing into full gear, I'm hopeful that it'll do the same for others, that we'll start talking about our problems, our feelings, our pain, so we can hopefully eliminate and even eradicate a lot of these belief systems that continue to hold us back year after year. And I guess uh, the last thing is from a spiritual perspective, I'm hopeful that we will really just run back to God. I was reading in Luke chapter 15, it talks about the prodigal son. You know, he was living pretty much a wild life, but the Bible says that he eventually came to his senses and, you know, he went back home and he repented. And I think what's even more powerful about that story is that when the father saw him coming from a distance, he, you know, he was filled with compassion and he ran to his son and he welcomed him with open arms. So my prayer is that from a, you know, that we run back to God and away from the things that have distracted us from him and know that he is always there. He is closer to us now than, than we may, that we may not even be aware of, but he always, he's always there and he's always going to welcome us with open arms. So those are my four top things. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I would say my hope for 2021, or actually my hopes for 2021, is for anyone who has experienced severe loss, um, specifically with their businesses or their visions or their dreams, and if they've had to shut down this year or make an incredible shift. I pray that 2021 is a year of incredible growth for them. Mm. I, I really hope that this is an opportunity for them to shift gears in a way that manifests itself into something great that never would have happened if they wouldn't have made mm. such a significant change. So that's my hope um, for, you know, for myself, for, for you, for anyone in business, whether you've made a shift or not, that 2021 mm. is your year of growth. I do I hope that for 2021. I also hope that some of the conversations that we have started in 2020, some of the movements, the protests, whether we're talking about Black Lives Matter, matter whether we're paying more attention to elections, not just the presidential elections, but local elections, Senate races, what have you, that those conversations continue, but they evolve into action. So I pray that mm. this year has not been the end of that, that we still have the same fire to educate ourselves, to become movers and shakers that are making a difference in our communities, that we are talking about and making changes in everything from dealing with the issues or the dis disproportionate negative impact of people of color in the medical community, in the medical system, in healthcare, that we just take those conversations and they evolve into something that has tangible impact on the people who are directly impacted. So that is what I hope for 2021. I also hope that individually, that like you said, Melinda, and I think this is such an important message, and I don't think we can say it enough, that we do take more time to be quiet that we, it becomes so natural to us to where we don't need a pandemic or something huge to happen for us to take moments to just be still. I, mm -hmm. I think we all need to learn that. Um, and just to be in that moment and be present and be grateful and just take those lessons and that solitude and use it as opportunities to be rejuvenated and just to take our mental health to the next level. And I also hope that mental health continues to be conversations that we have and mm. that we take it more seriously and that we provide resources. And the mm. last thing, the last thing, because I think this year has just been 
so eye-opening on so many different levels. And I think one of those levels has been our country as a whole. And I would hope that they have a new movement. There's a term that they're using for it now called she session. And I hope I'm saying that correctly, but look it up. It's called she session. And it's the movement that so many mothers have left corporate and have left their jobs because they don't have daycare because they are, they're having to choose between being a mother and a career woman. And that needs to stop. Mm. We have to develop more programs and policies to help women, to help families be able to work and take care of their kids. We've got to do better with that. And so that is one conversation that I hope we have. So look up She Session, look up groups that are really working to fight that and to help us with that because some of these policies are so archaic and they're not helping women to be career women. And you know, and I know that women do not always stay at home anymore. It's fine if that's if that's what you've chosen, that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. A lot of us do like to work and feel good about our careers and we should not have to choose. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. So thank you so much. This was actually fun. This was enlightening for me. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I, I, I have enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. And I'm I'm looking forward to the fun next year. OK, I don't know where it's going to be, how it's going to be, but I need some fun. OK, just some good, some girlfriend time and just kicking back and relaxing and just, you know, laughing together. I'm really looking forward to that. So. But yeah, this is good, Vanna. It is. And yeah. it's been like a therapeutic session for me. And I'm not surprised because you were so good at what you did. <laughs> Girl, you are too much. Thank you. I received that. I do. <laughs> I received it. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for the last podcast episode of 2020. Check out the rest of season three. We'll see you in 2021 with more great episodes of CEO Mom, the Woman, the Mother, and the Mids. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the CEO Mom podcast, The Woman, the Mother, and the Mids. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe and definitely rate us. Go deeper with us on every episode by subscribing to our exclusive newsletter at CEOMomMagazine.com. There, we'll provide tips and information based on every episode. This podcast is produced by For Her Media with music by BOPD and C. Scott. Until the next conversation, thanks for joining us.